Ever since Election Day, I've been asking, what's the true meaning of Trump? I think we have our answer, but the game isn't over. The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSD every Saturday from 3 to 6. And it's true. Ever since Election Day, I have been asking the question, what is the true meaning of Trump? Throughout the campaign, I thought all the signs that the media was validating his story, that he was an outsider, giving him tons of free press. I think the latest count was almost $6 billion in free media, along with other things that I felt they were supporting him, even though they said they weren't. I figured he was being set up to give Hillary a victory. So when he actually won the election, I was kind of sent reeling. I mean, I just could not conceive of uh, the establishment or the shadow government putting up some such a controversial, polarizing figure as Trump to be their guy. And maybe that's why it it. Maybe it's so sinister they did that because that's what would really be believable. I don't know. So after the election, I thought maybe it is some elaborate plot. Maybe it's uh, uh, maybe it's for real. Maybe the establishment simply had to give a little, had to uh, give pull back a little bit because the people were getting agitated. I didn't really buy that, but I was willing to give it the benefit of the doubt. I was willing to give him a chance to see that. My uh, The reason I didn't feel that that was true is that this populism theme that kept coming up in the mainstream media seemed fabricated, whereas the Tea Party revolution from 2010 was very grassroots, in my opinion. I was there. I saw it. It was principled-based. It was a true, true um, threat to the establishment. So I felt like it didn't seem right, but uh, it could be. You know, I just I just could not figure out the true meaning of Trump. And my litmus test was going to be if he was a neocon plot to crush the Tea Party and get their guy in or a guy who would do their bidding in what would be the proof? What would be the proof in the pudding? And for me, it was always going to be Syria. If this guy escalated the war in Syria, I would know that he was just following. He was there to continue what's most important to the shadow government, which is foreign policy. They don't talk about it as much, but that's what they really care about. This kind of concept of empire. If he was going to continue the foreign policy, which really has been pretty consistent from Bush one through Clinton, Bush two, Obama. Uh, you know, it's hard for people to think that that's what's going on, but that is what's going on. If you dig more deeply into foreign policy, you can see that restructuring, reshaping the Middle East has been on the agenda for 30 years and just in the way it's unfolding. And that information has come from various sources, American UK, Israeli, you can, there's plenty of documents that support this plan that's been implemented really by all these different presidents. So I was waiting to see if, if Trump pulled out of Syria, then this was really a change. If he escalated in Syria, same old, same old. So here, he, when he escalated in Syria, for me, I'm not even trying to, 
convince anybody. I'm just I'm just telling you how I was thinking about it. To me, that was the that was the proof in the pudding. But what I'm seeing now, and this is kind of uh, the insight I want to bring, is that. So for me, I see it. Okay, it was a neocon thing. They set us up. Ha ha. They you know, got us again. But but the mainstream media, the pundits, the analysts, they're they're trotting out two very uh, tried and tired excuses for a new president, a president who people had hope for. When he pivots to the same old, same old, they bring out two different excuses, and they're doing it for Trump. One is reality set in. He got to the Oval Office. They gave him the dossiers. They gave him the briefings. And he realized, man, it's a dangerous world. We better start bombing people. Or um, like with Obamacare, if you don't get super political, you'll never get anything done. Uh, I guess the swamp is a necessary evil. You know, this thing that the same old, same old is there because it serves a purpose. And you're not going to get around it. Don't even blame him. And the other theory is factionalism. So he, so in this, what they're saying about Trump is that Kushner and his gang is has Trump's ear, and Bannon and those guys are getting pushed to the side. But even that, I think, is like phase two of the psyop, because Bannon is an old time deep state actor. He was had a very high ranking job at a young age in naval intelligence as being the assistant to the highest-ranking admiral, two in a row admirals in the Pentagon under Reagan. So he he is a war guy. So the idea that he's against this, and that's why he's being pushed aside, I don't believe that. What I think is actually happening there is that he's being used to corral the people who are disappointed in Trump. So if if that group who, who says, oh, wow, Trump isn't what I thought he was, instead of going back to the Tea Party— the, the principled people or like the Ron Paul revolution, the ones who had principles who were really a threat to the establishment because they were small government people, individual liberty people, uh, defense policy based on the principles of a just war. I mean, that's a real threat to the establishment. So if Bannon can keep uh, create what's called a dialectic, a false dialectic, this control and opposition to Trump, he can keep the power they created. Uh, kind of under control, because I have felt all along that this could be a way the establishment's answer, this populism is the establishment's answer to the Tea Party, because populism still calls upon the government to solve the problems. That's okay with the ruling elite. It's the Freedom Caucus, it's the Tea Party, it's the libertarians who are the problem. So I know that's a lot. We've got three hours, so I'm going to unpack it all. Uh, in that time, I'm absolutely open to discussion, 404-872-0750, 800-WSB-TALK, and you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. My trusty producer, Binkley, is here with me today. How are you, Binkley? Fantastic. I took a detour down Cheshire Bridge to get here today. <laughs> well, at least you got here, so that's good. Yeah. So what do you think about what I'm saying? Do you think, uh, Do you? Th- I mean, the one thing is, do you think that there's proof positive Trump was... An insider all along? I mean, that's the first question. I think there's multiple factions of insiders, and I think he's probably been connected to insiders you know, his entire life. Like trying to become leader of the mob, you know? you get got to be part of the mob if you want to get elected leader. Right. So do you feel like uh, he his campaign, his candidacy, 
was real or do you feel like it was a little bit of a scam? I think it was a lot of rhetoric and a, a lot of scam with maybe a little bit of truth, but I, I don't know which where the truth is going to come out yet. All right. So you're not 100 percent positive, but we I, we have plenty of time, not just the three hours today on the show, <laughs> but at least four years to see what defines the Trump presidency. What do our uh, tweets say? Greg Sweet tweets, Monica has Faith in your worldview been restored. Trump is not an outsider. He's not a foe of Killary, and he is the establishment. Uh, he's not an outsider. He's not the foe of Killary? He is not a foe of Killary. He's the establishment choice. Yeah. that See, that was the thing. I mean, there. I even got to the point where I started wondering if Hillary was in on losing, you know? I mean, I think there's like a 1% chance of that. Just... I just don't think she's that good enough, good an actress. Yeah, uh, I think he would be a foe of Hillary no matter what. But does it restore my faith and my own worldview? My my worldview was that there are not two sides. That and even Trump, his history, he was bailed out by uh, Rothschild. Wilbur Ross, his Commerce Secretary, founded Rothschild Inc. in New York. And bailed him out at least once. George Soros apparently bailed him out in Chicago. I'm talking about Trump. So that kind of thing does reinforce my original my original worldview, which is there aren't factions. There's basically this Western power elite that's trying to concentrate all the power in the whole world under a global government. And anybody who makes it to be the nominee of one of the major parties has to be uh, in the pockets of those guys. So I was wondering, I really was wondering when Trump beat Hillary, if that was possible, there were two factions warring. And I think Greg's question goes to uh, what were they, you know, do I, do I think that? And I, and I think he's right. I have returned to, I don't really think there were two factions. I think maybe Hillary was duped, you know, maybe she is a faction uh, on her own, I believe, you know, there's a possibility of that. But even that I'm not I'm not really convinced of anymore. So I think I just accidentally <laughs> fell way down the rabbit hole. <laughs> so let's see what people think about that. Again, the numbers are 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, your call's next, and I will unpack some of those big, heady ideas I just gave you. I know I'm going to have to defend myself. I love the tweets. Uh, keep tweeting at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 90. 95- 55 at AM 750 WSB 78 and sunny outside the studio a 10 on the Mellish meter weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air and we're talking about what's going on with Trump do you think that he was setting us up do you think he got set up 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB talk I'm going to James hi James you're on with Monica how you doing Monica good how are you doing uh, we all we all know the power that surrounds the power is the real power. That's in every administration. So all you have to do is look at who Trump was surrounding himself. When you surround yourself with Cohn and Kushner, these are liberal Democrats. They're registered surround... Democrats. Yeah. So <laughs> but what do you expect was going to happen? Uh, these are neo. These are Democratic uh, globalists. Ivanka Trump. He's listening to her. I think he's listening to Trump, to his daughter. He's listening to uh, Kushner, and he's listening to Cohn. They, they're talking about Cohn being the uh, uh, being the chief of staff now. Right. You know, I, I think 
the way I look at that, just to drill down to it a little bit, Gary Cohn seems like a guy who's a big Goldman guy. He seems like a guy who might be actually calling the shots. I've always had the feeling that Jared Kushner is really a front man for his father, Charles Kushner. Do you know anything about his father? Well, I know his dad. I know his father. Uh, didn't Christie prosecute his father? Yes. Uh, for the craziest story ever, he was a big donor for Hillary and a big Democratic donor, and he was using money from his family company. And his sister was suing him for it, so he set her husband up with a prostitute, took pictures, and tried to blackmail her. So he got uh, went to jail for witness tampering because I guess he was being prosecuted for campaign fraud and uh and he's a big time real estate guy but of course he's untouchable to be directly connected to the administration so i think jared is a front man for him uh i think th- those guys are a little bit front men gary Cohn, i could see as being the real shadow power uh, yeah i mean yeah I-, I think that i'm very disappointed i voted oh. for trump because i thought he would be different but when he started surrounding himself with the people i knew it would be business as usual I knew the establishment was going to do I, I knew they were going to go into Syria. There, it's going to be yeah. another four years of endless wars. Right. They're, 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 and, and, it's, and nothing is going to, it's like you can't drain the swamp. Nothing will ever change in the history of this country. It'll always be status quo. That's what it feels like. And, uh, I, and you can't really let him off the hook because he's the guy who put all these people in place. Energy, finance, and defense contractors are the military-industrial complex, and they're in his administration. This is going to be a very lively conversation. There is a chance still, I think, that Trump is being set up on something. I think he might be set up as a scapegoat. I'll tell you about it at the bottom of the hour. More calls after this. Monica Perez here. It's a madhouse! A madhouse! Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB. Saturdays from 3 to 6. Giving you a different perspective, that's for sure. And the way what this week kind of what's come together in my mind is I've been trying to answer the question ever since the election, which really surprised me that Trump won because I thought he was in it to in the tank for Hillary. They was in it to get her a victory. So that threw me for a loop. And I have been asking ever since, what is the true meaning of Trump? Is this just another psychological operation, just another head fake? Or is he totally genuine? Or is he a concession by the deep state or the establishment to an unruly populace? You know, are we just getting too out of control? They had to take a step back. And my conclusion is that because I was waiting to see if he pulled out of Syria, I would feel like something has changed. Either he's the real deal or they're giving us concessions. But if he bombed Syria, I felt like it was just a continuation and an acceleration of a foreign policy that that was uh, against our interests, but the establishment wants it. So when he did that to me, the jury was in. However, I think that how it's going to be played out. So even if you don't agree with that, what you might observe going forward is how is this going to play out? And I think one of the possibilities is that Trump, and I, I think you can see him being painted as impulsive, emotional, inexperienced in this particular arena, 
So he popped off on Syria, and if that turns out to be, and then he he's popped off, he delegated, some could say abdicated, responsibility to the generals. And then you had that big, big bomb in Afghanistan last week. They say it's the biggest non-nuclear bomb we have. And a, and a field commander made the decision to drop it, despite the fact that something like that would have political implications. So you would assume it had to be run up the flagpole, and I, I do assume it was. But that's not the story we're being told. So what I'm saying is the story that we're being told, I think, is is painting Trump into a corner a little bit so that if the GOP wants to abandon him and return to what I think is their natural position as the number two party in Washington, and also uh, what Trump's presidency has done has allowed the Democrat Party to pretend like it's still the anti-war party, which, of course, it isn't and hasn't been, if ever, certainly not recently. So, uh, So they can say, oh, well... Trump was a nod to the grassroots. It didn't work out. He couldn't handle it. Uh, He's a one-term guy. The GOP will be number two, get a Democrat back in. uh, And the GOP doesn't have to take responsibility for what is at at its heart of truly Republican policy. It's truly a Democrat policy, too. Obama begged to drop exactly these missiles on Syria and— and was shut down, but it's not that he didn't try. So I, I feel like this is Trump being, he will be, I think there's a possibility that he's going to get painted into a corner like this and take the fall, knowingly or unknowingly. Again, that's something I can only speculate about. Uh, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. I have uh, my producer, Binkley, is here with... Um, do we have any tweets that are on point with that, Binkley? How are you doing, Binkley? I'm good. Yeah, we do have some tweets <laughs> that are on point with that. All right, what do you got? HF says that he doesn't see Trump's actions as a pivot. He sees it as an adjustment to the plan. Binkley, let me ask you. What Do you think he means the plan as in uh, tr- tr- what plan? <laughs> what do you think he means? Help me interpret that tweet. I guess he's saying that. Trump is adjusting to the circumstances surrounding him, which would be the pressures he's getting, and he's trying to do what he can with the cards he's being dealt. All right. So that actually – there are a few possibilities that – or I should say I think because of – and we can unfold these things or talk about these things throughout the show. I'm happy to. I talked about them during the campaign. The things that made me think that Trump's campaign was a bit – of uh, an inside job from the start, despite what it looked like. So when I see him doing this, I feel like, okay, this is, he's just following the plan that was in place all along. As somebody, you know, uh, sketched this out on a storyboard a long time ago. But there, but he's definitely going to be the mainstream media and the government complex, whatever continuum, is, isn't going to say, aha, we got you. Ha, this is all fake. They're never going to do that. They're going to they try to keep this two party psyop, as they call it, the two party psychological operation, this idea, this Coke Pepsi choice. They try to keep that alive. And what how they do that is by making excuses for a president who immediately pivots away from the campaign promises, which Trump came out swinging like he was going to fulfill them all. But he did it in such a bombastic way that I actually wrote a post that said, I tried and speculated that he was 
you know, maybe losing on purpose, deliberately failing, so he didn't have to live up to those promises. But but they will cover they will cover for him by saying either he reality set in. They people saw what uh, he was shown, what's really going on behind the scenes, and he realized that a bureaucracy is there for a reason, and you got to work with it. Or uh, he was being pressured by different sides he's they put him in the oval office and they showed him the zapruder film of jfk getting his head blown off and says you know uh that was that was one of ours you know and and then you get this guy to obviously you know that would work that would work but that would be assuming that this was a genuine victory that was later subverted and i'm not sure about that and then there's also this thing that's that's the dominant theme this week is that there are factions, Kushner versus Bannon, and uh, and that uh, Bannon's the real Bannon's the president really elected, and uh, Bannon 2020, you know. So I feel like that's just a continuation of the same story. But that's me down the rabbit hole. And as Greg's tweet earlier in the show, yes, I'm back there. I'm back down my rabbit hole. So anyway. Is that what you think, Pinkley? You think that's uh Do I think you're back down your rabbit hole? I am de- de- I'm <laughs> am I too far down the rabbit hole? No, I think that that's that's definitely um a possibility. I don't disagree with a lot of what you said there. I Yeah, it's a possibility. And we will see we'll see it. I, I, I'm pretty confident that those themes will continue to be bandied about and I and I think that Bannon will emerge with a whole coterie on his side of uh, of people who are, were huge Trump supporters and are now critical of Trump. I think they're forming a new faction. They are not saying, uh, you know, the Freedom Caucus was right all along, or where's Ron Paul when you need him, or let's get that Tea Party back. I'm not hearing any of that, although I think that is the real answer. But that's the tell, in my opinion, that it's uh, we're still – we're still playing the establishment's game because the only real threat to the establishment are the small government guys. So let's go to some calls. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Maurice in Stone Mountain. Hi, Maurice. You're on with Monica. Hey there. Can you hear me okay? I can. How are you doing? Good. Uh, well, I agree with – you're really great. <laughs> I agree with everything Thanks. you say almost every time I hear you, and this is right on what you're saying today. Um, I had some odd things to throw out, mostly because I think you cover the, the bases really big, but I'll, I'll throw out a couple foundational things like the securing the realm and the Odegon plan or whatever it is. And- oh, dead, you know. And there, so what Maurice is talking about is there have been documents over the years. Uh, I think securing the realm, is that clean break or is that? Oh, yeah, on. clean break. There were a couple of plans that came out of Israel. There were a couple of plans that came out of uh, England. And there's a couple of plans that came out of the U.S. over the past 30 years about how to re- structure redraw the map of the middle east i think condoleezza rice's map was actually copyrighted and shows iraq in three pieces the oded yinan plan talks about syria in five pieces the bernard lewis plan out of the uk talks about afghanistan in two pieces and where that big bomb went down is is on the map it's called pashtanistan it's like a different country so what you're talking about is this is a very long-term plan, and every one of these presidents, since those plans emerged in the early 80s, 
have been following this script, a script that's published time and again on the, uh, you see it on the internet. I have them printed out. They're books. You know, it's, it's it, to think this is episodic. Ivanka started crying at the sight of dead babies and what bombs went off. I, it's not believable. You're so right. The, uh, you know, I'm at the point where uh, it's hard for me to even believe that the gas attack happened or, by the way, that they even shot Tomahawk missiles. Whoa. I mean, so, Maurice, even, you're in a rabbit hole inside the rabbit hole. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and, you know, our, well. Because they're still using you. that airfield. Like, I, it, both of these things, it's amazing how little damage we're seeing coming out of right. both of these strikes. It's almost right. as if the PR is the entire, the propaganda or the public relations, whatever, the news reports are the entirety of the purpose of these strikes. I observe that. Yes, I noticed that. That's totally true. Uh, let me throw you out this very odd thing. You were talking about storyboarding Trump's coming into, you know. All of it. The Syria, I think actually the whole thing was just a storyboard to get Syria done. And it included Trump. It included Obama's sanctions. It included this Russia hacking thing. It included discrediting Susan Rice. I, I, that's what I think, but but uh, go on. <laughs> I, I think so, too, but this is a very odd, but seems to be true thing. Uh, there was a Simpsons sh- uh, show years before the presidency, and, you know, you can see this on YouTube, comparing Trump uh, going down the escalator announcing his candidacy in Trump Tower's and they made a, a, an animation identical to him doing the exact same motions years before it actually happened. I, I saw that on YouTube. And when the Simpsons Marathon came around, I actually recorded that episode. Yeah. And and I didn't I didn't see that scene in the episode, which was weird to me. I have to go back and rewatch it. But what it did show in the episode was that Lisa Simpson took over after President Trump and that Trump had bankrupted the country. And that's what I was like. Uh, to the extent that the Simpson is widely you know, regarded in the dark webs as being predictive programming of telling us what's going to happen in advance and that we have a $20 trillion debt that nobody seems to be worried about. And Trump has alluded to maybe restructuring, which is... A bankruptcy and he's had four bankruptcies then i started to really freak out watching that episode but i've got to take a break and after the break i want to talk to gary who thinks i'm out in left field so i really want to hear i'm absolutely happy to be corrected i hope i'm out in left field 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB talk you can tweet at me at monica perez show monica perez on news 95.5 and am 750 wsb 80 the high today, 60 the low overnight. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And uh, we're talking about Trump. What's the true meaning of Trump? I think uh, I think there was a bit of a bait and switch there. But I'm going to go to Gary in Roswell, who thinks Mountain Left Field. Gary, what you got? Hey, I, I listen to you a lot, and sometimes I agree with you, sometimes I don't. And I Fair think enough. People, I think people are reading too many things into what Trump actually is. He is a middle-of-the-road man. He's a guy who will move left or move right as he has to to make the deal work. 
and he has kept the uh, mainstream media running in circles because that is something that he thinks is useful to him. What do you make of the serious strike? Uh, I think it was as plain as the uh, sleeves on his shirt. He was very emotional about the fact that he said he felt like it had to be done. And I think he was working from emotion. And but I he think played he a- right into the hands of the military-industrial oh, complex. That's fine. That's fine. Is it fine, well, or is it just a coincidence? No, it, it, is it okay fine. with you? I don't have a problem with that. Why? I, I, I spent 12 years in the military myself, and I have seen things that you would not believe. But did I, you vote for Trump? Yes, I voted Did you for want Trump. him to drain the swamp? Yeah, I want him to try to make this place go back to where it was. But isn't the swamp the the mil- doesn't isn't the swamp no, no, a no, function no, no. of the military industrial complex? Not necessarily. The military industrial complex is there to support the government. The government is a function of what party is in place and which direction they want to go. I disagree. I think there is a shadow government, especially in foreign policy, that makes the foreign policy consistent regardless of who's in office. But I'm happy to continue to tease that out. Charles and Michael are next. Charles wants to know why bother voting. And Michael wants to know if I think the Democrats would do the same thing. That folds right into our conversation. But I want to hear from you, 404-872-0750, 800-WSB-TALK. Or you could tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to be. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. Always bringing you my, dare I say, unique perspective on the biggest stories of the week. And my, what's really been dominating The news cycle are explanations for why Trump seems to be pivoting. And it started with bombing Syria. And uh, we had a caller just before the break, Gary, who said he just it was what you see is what you get. He had an emotional reaction to some gruesome pictures and he responded in force. And I because I had been following his campaign and seeing so many signs that the establishment was actually behind Trump, or at least playing into his narrative, I felt there was, I smelled a rat. I thought the rat was to get Hillary elected by losing on purpose, but then he won. (laughs) So I was like, huh, but you can't deny, I cannot deny some of the indications that he was being supported. You can talk to people at the Republican National Convention who said they were quieting down all dissent so that Trump had a unified front You can read articles that are emerging now about Jeff Zucker at CNN wanting and needing Trump and having had a long relationship with Trump for years with The Apprentice and NBC. Just a lot of things that that make me think that he that Trump's candidacy was not what you see is what you get. And now that he's done the one thing that I had identified as the number one priority of the military industrial complex of the deep state of the shadow government by escalating the war in Syria, I feel like 
that's pretty much the proof in the pudding. But there's also been this narrative this week that says, or a couple of competing narratives, oh, he just saw the way the world really was, and that made him get real and do what everybody else does when they see that stuff. Uh, Reality sets in, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And then the other thing, the theme that's more dominant is that, oh, he's falling under the sway of his 30-something-year-old son-in-law, Jared Kushner, at the expense of Steve Bannon, who's the true blue economic nationalist, and he's the guy we need to rally behind if we don't like what Trump is doing. And that's what I think is the interesting thing this week, that instead of people pivoting back to the Tea Party, to the Freedom Caucus, they're being corralled by Steve Bannon, who is a deep state guy. He was high-level military intelligence at a young age for a while as an attache or an assistant to the highest-ranking admirals, two in a row, in the Pentagon. So, and he was a war guy, always was a war guy. And so I just don't, I'm not buying that narrative, but that's the new narrative I see emerging that I kind of want to alert you to. And open up, I'm totally open to argument. Uh, It's just what it looks like to me, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I want to tell you about a couple of things real quick, and then I'm going to get to calls. Uh, Tomorrow... WSB's West Moss is airing a uh, uh, the candidates forum, which features all almost all of the 18 candidates for the congressional seat that Tom Price vacated to go uh, be the head of health and human services. The election is Tuesday. So West Moss's candidates forum is tomorrow here on WSB. Sunday from 1 to 2.30 p.m. So you're going to want to hear that. I think it's going to be very interesting and important because there are a lot of people in that field, and it's an important seat. So tune in for that. And I have a few events coming up on Thursday, April 20th at 11.30. I'm going to the Civitan Club of Coming, which is a volunteer organization so sweet. They're hosting it at Creative Enterprises, which is a uh, facility for disabled, uh, handicap-challenged mentally challenged adults and my oldest son has down syndrome so i really love a community outreach for stuff like that and uh highly recommend you join us for lunch there uh it's at the creative enterprises and coming you can go to propagandareportdaily.com or monicaperezshow.com to find the details on the events that i have coming up april 24th the evening of april 24th which is next monday I'm going to be at a United Tea Party of Georgia meeting also incoming. You can find the details on my website. And then finally, two weeks from today, I am hosting this show live from 3 to 6, Saturday, April 29th, from the Harp Pub in Roswell. It is a a special session of Liberty on the Rocks, and that is going to be uh, an absolute blast. So if you want to be a part of that, Again, just keep posted on uh, on my website, Facebook, Twitter, at Monica Perez Show. I um, want a quick tweet from you, Binkley, and then I've got lots of calls I want to get to. 800-WSB-TALK. What you got for me? Alan says that Trump is no insider based on the deep state still hating him and trying to tie him to Russia. Okay, that is interesting because a very clever little thing happened when deep state became uh, an expression that the mainstream media was comfortable with. Trendy. Yes, they defined it. There's actually a commercial on the radio, I think it is maybe on WSB, of a book that's out about the deep state, and they define it. It sounds like a good book. 
But the way they define it is, I believe, they define it as Obama holdovers. So uh, for me, the deep state, the definition of the deep state is that it transcends parties. The deep state is what makes sure our foreign policy from Bush one to Clinton to Bush two to Obama to Trump involves restructuring Syria. That's the deep state. It does not matter if it's Democrat or Republican. So the fact that it's not a new thing. Yeah, it's not a new thing, and but it's being redefined so that if you ever read about the deep state, it can't mean anything to you because you're thinking of it like Obama holdovers. Well, the deep state, that's anti-Trump or anti-Republican. That's not it at all. So if you – just by saying that is is kind of um, muddles your thinking about the true nature of power in the world. It's a very clever little device how they manage language to destroy your ability to think clearly about what's kind of in evidence. But I have said enough, and I would like to hear from the people. So let's go to Charles in Gainesville. Charles, you're on with Monica. Well, thank you, Monica. I appreciate it. I do enjoy your program, and like a previous listener, I sometimes agree and sometimes don't. But I guess my question is, or my thought, is that if we have this big conspiracy theory, which I'm not saying is not true, that there's the big there's the government behind the government, which I realize some of that is true, then why do we even bother to vote? Well, I, for one, uh, cannot resist the temptation to vote. <laughs> like I've thought about, like, don't even do it. Don't even validate their system. But I can't. I have to vote. But I think that the reason, and I think there's plenty of election fraud. I am not convinced that our election process is valid, like one citizen, one vote, and that it all funnels up to the Electoral College. I'm not convinced with that. I think that the powers that be absolutely need votes because it validates their system and it takes the attention away from them. If you had a king who had all the power and you didn't vote, you would want to cut his head off when bad things happen. But now you just look across the street and say, freaking Democrats, you know, <laughs> and you look at your neighbor. But meanwhile, I mean, it, you don't, you can't even be sure that the person you voted for or the person that the most people would vote for was the guy who won. You know, I mean, I think voting has descended to where it's like just a a mind control device yeah. now if you well, thought I, was too... I, I did vote for trump and i yeah. was hoping that he is not a savior but a man who would turn things around in some areas and it would it seems inconceivable to me that they would that this establishment which i knew was way behind uh, uh obama Hillary. because i oh, didn't yeah. think he had an original thought in his head at all mm-hmm. But uh, I, why they would let someone come in that would appear to get rid of all of the things that they are after to begin with. But there, but he's not, right? What's he doing? Well, uh, he's t- certainly making what I see is the is the foreign the, the foreign uh, our, our foreign policy a whole lot different than what Obama did. Obama was a man of restraint and wanted just to talk everybody and. Say, well, but if we talk sweet enough to them, they'll become sweet and they'll change their ways. You know, Charles, I think that the media portrayed Obama that way to preserve the Democrats as an anti-war party, which they aren't. If you will look on my uh, one of my blogs, PropagandaReportDaily.com, I have documented how Obama absolutely lobbied as hard as he could to do the exact thing that Trump did, except for Obama went to Congress. He really, at that stage of the game, could not have gotten away with launching that kind of a strike without asking Congress. But it was in response to an alleged chemical weapons attack by Assad. He requested a Tomahawk missile strike 
into Syria and Congress didn't even bring it to a vote because it was clear it would be declined. And then in the past couple of years, both in 2016 and I think in 2015, he dropped 20,000 one year, maybe 15,000 bombs on Syria and Iraq. Obama did that. So I think we're being misled that the foreign policy changes. And I think that's because the media is totally captive of this kind of deep state. Yes, but but they're being passive by appearing to continue to support whatever Obama said. They're never going to, it appears, they're never going to go against whatever Obama said. Now, that's how it comes across to me. I mean, maybe it doesn't that's you. So if, if what you said just a few moments earlier is true, then why or why is Obama such the fair-headed child? It wasn't because he was black, in my concern, because I would have rather had Colin Powell or Herman Cain or somebody else up there. I mean, I thought those were a whole lot better men of character than Obama was, you know. But well, Obama you know, came out of nowhere, okay, yeah. which Trump did not. Trump did not come out of nowhere. He's been around. Everybody knows about him for a long time. And, but Obama came out of nowhere. He was groomed for that position, and he was a yes man to somebody. At least that's how it appears to me. Now. Charles, there's so much in that, and I have to go to a break. So let me, uh, I'm going to get, uh, let me respond to it when I come back. And also, I'm going to take Michael's call. Very interesting. Thank you, Charles. 800 WSB Talk. Uh, I'll give the answers to those questions after the break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Mixed sunshine and clouds tomorrow, high of 81. The weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. Had a very interesting call before the break by Charles, who said, why is Obama the fair-haired child? And uh, why did the media treat him so well and always throw Trump under the bus? And I think that the answer, I think the answer is elaborate. And I, I wish I had more time. I don't, um, but I think the reason, in part, is that Democrats believe in the power and promise of government and Uh, in the virtue of the media, at least their own media. So they have faith that there is this benevolent socialist leader and they were looking for him. And it might restore faith in black America, who no doubt is at the end of their rope. Uh, Whereas Republicans don't have faith in those things. So the only, even their own media. So the only way you can have legitimacy is if something's leaked or someone's outside the system, and that's why I think it served Trump to be uh, rejected by the media and in his own party, and it served Obama to be uh, praised by the media in his own party. I think there's even more to it all, but uh, I'm going to leave it at that, and I'm going to go to Michael and Alfreda. Michael, you are on with Monica. Hey, Monica. Hope you're doing well. Uh, I'm 22. Just uh, wanted to ask you what you think could have gone differently in Syria if another party was in control. Um, just from, from what I see, uh, I just think that since Trump has been doing these things, uh, I don't think Syria is going to come up with another chemical attack. And I think he prevented, you know, North Korea from doing a test of the nuclear weapon. Uh, I would I would consider that, you know, rather successful, even if it's not the best, you know, I guess, route to go. That's interesting. I would say I agree with you on one point and I disagree with you on another. I don't think Assad did the chemical weapons attacks at all. I don't think they're in his interest. I'm not sure he had the means or the motive. And uh, I just don't think he did it while it played into the hands of the rebels because there we were doubling down on our intervention there. 
But it does look like the North Koreans did refrain from any kind of provocative test. This was a weekend of celebration for the North Koreans, and a lot of places they uh, show a, they blow stuff up to show to celebrate to show their might. And I was expecting them to do it, and they didn't. So, uh, for better or worse, whether we have a right to intimidate other countries into uh, into changing their defensive posture is a is another question we can get to during the show but i think that might actually be uh you might be onto something there michael 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB talk our numbers you can tweet at me at monica perez show but i want to talk more about if you uh i've got some calls here I want to continue this conversation, especially about why I think Trump was an inside job. This is Monica Perez. You maniac! You blow it up! Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am the libertarian voice on WSB Saturdays from 3 to 6, giving you a different perspective, which if you've been listening, you know is true. But I was talking about uh, Trump's, what people are calling his pivot, what he did in Syria as an emotional reaction, what you see is what you get. He didn't like the pictures of the babies. And and my contention has always been that there was something a little funny about his campaign. I had many reasons to think so, but one of them was how the media, who, who pretended to, the media on the left especially, pretended to hate him viciously and then uh, there was one leaked tape from msnbc where mika brzezinski said oh at the break said do you mind if i ask you this question he said don't ask me that question it's too hard basically and she said okay (laughs) you know that was weird um so they were obviously catering to him but more obviously than that was that he had a lot of ties deep state ties and insider ties he was bailed out by rothschild he was bailed out by soros he was deeply uh connected to roy Cohn, who was supposedly some kind of uh blackmail artist some say of like politicians so there were mob ties i'm not even trying to throw the guy under the bus i'm just saying if you're wondering what's happening now i say it's more likely that his uh that the explanation for his behavior lies in his history rather than uh, these up-to-the-minute machinations in the White House between Jared Kushner and Steve Bannon. You know, I just, I don't think that's what's really going on, and I think that it's another layer of this game that's being played, and it's not to our benefit. I, I am always arguing, even if, even if you fall for it or don't fall for it, it doesn't matter, but let's return to using the Bill of Rights as a touchstone uh, and the Constitution as a touchstone or a standard of behavior from the people who we support. So maybe we gave him the benefit of the doubt. He said a lot of different things. We didn't know how it was going to turn out. Whatever happens going forward, let's just stick to the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, which we're not. We're not even defending it anymore on the left or the right. So, Binkley, my producer, you are here, uh, and I'm hoping that you can give us some uh, good tweets. I'm at Monica Perez Show. Anybody tweeting on point? Yes, I have a tweet from N-O-Y-B. He says, apparently the media and the government don't think the babies we are killing in Yemen are all that beautiful. 
Yeah, there's absolutely no media coverage of Yemen. We've been bombing Yemen for a while, and uh, and Obama was bombing a lot. I mean, 15, 20,000 bombs a year are going to kill people. Mosul, we killed 200 civilians recently, which is like triple of the number of civilians Assad was even just accused of killing with the chemical weapon. So a couple of weeks before Assad supposedly killed 70 people and, and uh, brought down upon him Trump's wrath, Trump had, had, rele- had lightened up on some Obama-era restrictions on how far and wide we could bomb, how seriously we had to take avoiding civilian casualties, loosened up on those. And as a result, Mosul experienced 200 civilian casualties just a couple of weeks before at Trump's hands. So, and again, I'm really not trying to throw him under the bus. I'm just trying to point out that the narratives that were still being fed to me are not consistent with what's really happening with all the facts, such as, you know, the ones that we can trust it's hard to sort through sometimes 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB talk i'm going to john john is on 75 hi john how are you doing hi there uh just pardon me for stammering but uh i just noticed that you're talking about the military industrial complex which i agree there is one there however if we have a military and we need to use it does that mean we are uh, giving in to the military-industrial complex, or are we uh, trying to do things like what Trump was trying to do, which is um, – and I guess before I'm confused is I'm hearing you say that you don't think Assad had anything to do with those, with those chemical weapons, and uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, I wasn't it's hard there. to know. Yeah. Here's the thing. I mean, I, was, I understood there. All, uh, our intelligence indicated that all those uh, bombs were – were launched from uh, a Syrian Air Force base. And if he and if he did, if he used chemical weapons on his own people, is that a justification for the United States to use its military in my name and my tax money to punish him? I see your point there. Okay, but at the same time, I don't think uh, I don't think Trump is going to be giving in to someone uh, on the basis of. of I mean, he's I not want to, going to be strictly libertarian as you I are. want to go a little bit deeper than that. One reason why it really matters that you yourself are attacked when you're justifying your agents using force in the name of self-defense. It has to be you. Because you can verify the facts. If they're invading your state, you can verify that. We really, as a distant country cannot verify that so we we are responsible for killing people and we have no way of verifying the facts that is not a you can't have that that's just not a moral situation so we we really cannot do that so so you're basically your stance is if it's not happening on on u.s soil or to a u.s ally then then we should be totally hands-off uh, as a general rule, but I will I will go even further and talk about the military-industrial complex. The problem then becomes the military-industrial complex, which I define as the big three of that, are the defense contractors, the banking companies, and the energy companies. They have interests in the Middle East that relate to oil. They have interests in uh, war that relate to finance, generating debt, generating interest. Uh, you want to blow up bombs so that you can sell more bombs. They have a lot of interest so that if they are in control, as they are, I mean, Rex Tillerson, the Secretary of State, 
was the sitting head of ExxonMobil when he took office as the Secretary of State. That's a conflict of interest, which means they can influence the president or the military or whatever to do what's in their interest, not what's in our interest. And to the extent they influence the information, the intel, the media, they can say stuff or do stuff to get us to think that it's moral. I got to take a quick break. Be right back, John. This is a traffic red alert from the WSB 24-Hour Traffic Center. 443 Coleray Carrier, WSB 24-Hour Traffic Center, and a red alert. Outer Loop 285 eastbound after Jonesboro Road. All lanes blocked. Overturned vehicle crash. This is Georgia 54, exit 55 on the Outer Loop 285 eastbound after Jonesboro Road. Again, all lanes are blocked. It's heavy back to 75 at the airport. Now back to Monica Perez, live WSB. That's my position, is that it, it, it's self-defense is self-defense. And we do have, just like Israel, very strong self-defense. You don't have to do a preemptive strike that anticipates someone developing longer-range missiles three years out, like North Korea. You don't have to do that. And it really raises moral problems because you have to then have faith in a government that has a conflict of interest in a government that is really influenced by money and power that are not aligned with you and your self-defense. And what they end up doing is they say, we've got to clean up that terrorism in the Middle East. And because uh, that cleanup job happens to spread terrorism and wild- and refugees, then uh, we have to curtail your rights here at home for a little while. And it's like, you know what? If they have problems over there and, and trying to fix those problems gives us those very same problems, forget it. That's against our national interest. It's against my rights for self-defense. And I, as a sovereign citizen who empower the government with my, my right of self-defense with my tax dollars, I, I, I do not consent to other people putting their faith in the government to do something that's quite likely immoral and against our uh, interests. So that's the, you know, it's a libertarian position, but it's a very basic moral position that if we dig in, we realize that we have, we probably, you and I and uh, everybody listening has the same basic principles. It's really the facts we're disagreeing on. So where are you getting your facts? That's, that's really what you have to ask yourself. I'm going to HB in Atlanta. Hi, HB. You're on with Monica. Monica, I was with you all the way that, um, Trump was here only to get Hillary elected, but as he didn't, I looked back at it, and I went, you know, Trump became more presidential just as Hillary's health became more and more public, her poor health. And I will tell you that I think Big Brother decided it was wrong for Hillary, that if if Hillary got elected, they would have a revolt, and therefore that's why, and I haven't done all the math real closely, but I think you'll find that Trump won by sheer popular votes, controlling the electoral votes, as much as Romney lost. So uh, I'm going way down the hole as that somebody is controlling things just to be able to pull off what's needed by the closest margins. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's true. I remember looking into the election fraud uh, alleged, but it looks like it's really well in evidence in Ohio in 2004, that at a certain point, 
the vote count flipped <laughs> or something like that, where Carrie, and I never really believed this before because the media was so anti-Bush. I, I just dismissed everything they said. But in retrospect, I think that Kerry thing in Ohio was true. I think Kerry might have won Ohio. So that's the, a lot of evidence from those years makes me just not believe in the election. So then you have to take a step back and say, okay, so what's really going on? And I, and I do think there is a possibility that they put people up like Trump and Cruz Ted Cruz, uh, I think, might have actually been in the running. Hillary, and maybe they they let it unfold and see what happens. Because certainly if Hillary had won, she expressed absolute no qualms whatsoever about bombing these countries. So she took out Libya. They tried to take out Syria under her watch. She, I think she would have definitely followed through, which would have been basically the same behavior. But you would have had just different talking points. And uh uh, I think they they use two talking points, the humanitarian argument uh, for people who just want to help. And then you have the defensive argument in our national interest for people who still hold to that self-defense is the only justification for aggression. So uh, you would get the same thing with Democrats. I think it just would sound different. I've got some. Uh, Alan thinks I'm being cold-hearted, so I want to get to him. And Reggie, uh, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Get to those calls after the break. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. 77 degrees outside the studio. Skies are partly cloudy, and the weekend weather is brought to you by Shumi Heating and Air. Uh, I am going to go straight to Alan in Marietta. Alan, you are on with Monica. Hi there, Monica. I'm going to ruin your day. <laughs> no way. Alan, I know we rarely agree, but I love it when you I call. Know. Okay, let me give you a scenario. One of your relatives or kin or something or even your child is out one night. Three guys attack them, just beating them almost to death. I'm there. I have the ability to stop it and correct the problem and save that person. I may have to hurt some other people in the process, but seeing that I'm in my own little world, I shouldn't do that. It's not my problem. I don't know these people. Why should I help? hurt some other people? What other people? Just like innocent bystanders? Other by no, no, other by the guys who are beating up whoever's you know getting say you know your mother or your dad or just being stopped. so they're beating up my mother and somebody else's mother walks by and you accidentally kill her while you're saving my mother no you just got that all wrong <laughs> oh okay <laughs> no i'm not trying to mess with you one of your relatives out on, on the town one night they are mugged i have the ability to stop the mugging and keep them from getting harmed or yes. hurt or even killed yes i have that ability yes but i don't use it because it's not my problem I don't no, know you person. can help them Why should I help? because it's imminent and you personally who are exacting the violence are absolutely certain that your intervention will stop uh, unfair violence. Okay. So Same the thing. problem here is there here. There's two problems, two, two, two problems, two problems over there. One is it's my agent over there te- acting on behalf of people who they are not empowered to help and they cannot consult me i have the power to help those people they can't get unanimous consultation and we're not absolutely positive that the people who are getting stopped hurt beaten are the ones who are doing the damage so there's a question of fact here and i said earlier we know what our principles are 
The question is a question of fact, which is why with the Assad thing, there should be an investigation, an unbiased investigation. And they're not doing that. And they popped off before there was even a chance of that, which in itself makes you smell a rat. I do want to change gears a little bit to something a little bit lighter after the break. We're going to play a game and have some fun uh, and maybe even go down the rabbit hole. So stay tuned. Call in if you want to be a part of it. 800-WSB-TALK or tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Please take my hand. Now open your mind to me. Please open your mind. Open your mind. Open your mind. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. Talking about the biggest stories recently in the news and uh for me i've been wondering ever since trump was elected the meaning of trump and my litmus test for whether he was for real or was a bait and switch for the military industrial complex was if he escalated in syria or got out he gave us a lot of indications in the campaign last week i played a clip at the beginning of every long segment of why i had the impression that he was telling us that he would get out of these conflicts we don't belong in but when he sent tomahawk missiles into syria uh, i felt that was the proof in the pudding i just got an email saying the entire free world condemned these chemical attacks you're crazy never going to listen to you again but the fact is last time in 2013 and he said oh this guy finally has some backbone to do something about it obama had the backbone obama wanted to do it the only thing he did differently was that he had he felt compelled to ask Congress. And Trump at that time tweeted, you need to ask Congress. And Obama had said about Bush, you need to ask Congress. So I think Obama felt he could not get away with this. So Assad was accused of a chemical weapons attack. He was uh, and Obama said, I want a Tomahawk missile Syria. And Congress didn't even bring it to a vote because it was clear it would fail. I have that in evidence on my website, propagandareportdaily.com. And later, which is also in that's in, on propagandareportdaily.com, the chemical weapons attack that our government and supposedly the entire free world claimed was Assad was actually a false flag conducted by the rebels. The rebels did it to try to get us to bomb Syria, to actually attack the government directly, which is an act of war. That's very different from what we say we're doing now, which is just attacking terrorists. So that chemical weapons attack was a fraud. And this pattern is exactly repeating itself. It's just that Trump did not ask Congress, and he's getting away with it. So even if you disagree with my principle that you cannot involve yourself in other people's domestic issues, especially when it spreads terrorism and refugees back into our country, it's a national security risk to uh, inflame these other countries. We're the ones who instigated these civil wars, the one in Libya, the one in Syria, the one in Ukraine. So there's evidence of that. If you don't, if you're not aware of the evidence, I am certain that you're only getting your media from the, your news from the mainstream media. You just need to do a little bit of homework because it's right below the surface there. 
with a lot more evidence than you get in sound bites on cable. So my argument is until you know for sure what's going on, you don't even have the facts to make the assessment. Uh, so that's my general premise is that Trump is really doing what Obama tried to do. And that is absolutely an evidence there. I have actually the document Obama wrote to Congress asking for this exact thing. Uh, and I just so if you if you. You don't have to think this is proof positive that Trump's kind of their guy. I'm not asking for that. I'm just telling you why I think so, because I that was going to be my litmus test. And uh, and there you go. But. I'm going to take some calls. I'm going to get some treats. I did want to lighten it up, but I got that email. I thought I should address it. Binkley, uh, uh, let me just throw out the number, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Binkley, do you have, my producer Binkley here uh, is manning the tweets at Monica Perez Show. Do you have any tweets you want to share? Yeah, I have a, a really good tweet from Ricky Bobby USA that says, Monica, I don't know what it is about your show, but it seems like it allows room for everyone to speak their minds and participate in reasoning. Nice. I like that. I really do like to have a higher level discussion. I like to know what people think. Uh, That's a little bit different from what I think you have said, Binkley, which I don't know if this is good or bad. Have you not said to me that I give people the safe space to go down the rabbit hole? Yeah, yeah. Is that how you characterize it? Yeah, a little safe space to uh, dive into some conspiracies. I kind of like Ricky Bobby's thinking, you know, that it's thinking. But, yeah, conspiracies are real. We know they're real. They're obviously all it is is all I think about conspiracies is people who have big power, big money, operate uh, in their own interests – they talk to each other about it, and uh, it is not always broadcast on the evening news. That's all I'm saying. And I think that's what constitutes the majority of the conspiracies. But you know what? A conspiracy that I let you entertain. You gave me a safe space for? I gave you a safe space for, a safe space for it, although I was not in that rabbit hole, was the I-85 stuff. So yes. maybe we we'll give people safe space because I don't think there are a lot of safe spaces for that. If you think the I, this is uh, about as deep a rabbit hole ever because Binkley's there and I was not quite there, although he played some clips for me. Maybe I'll ask you to pull those. Played some clips for me that did make me raise an eyebrow, I have to say, about what was going on in Georgia that week. Uh, we did a whole show on at PropagandaReportDaily.com. You can find it. I think it was episode 36. But if you think there was something fishy about that, uh, about the I-85 thing, feel free to call 800-WSB-TALK, 404-872-0750, or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Maybe that's, um, I was going to try to, I thought that would maybe be lightening it up, but I don't know about that. So I've got a, I've got a bunch of calls on still what we were talking about, the Syria bombing, Trump, all that. So let's do that, and then we can change gears a little bit. And I think, Binkley, you had a little game for me to play, right? Yes. Weren't we going to play uh, Who Said It? Yes. And that was, it was going to be like... Um, uh, well, let's save that. Let's save yeah, it. We'll save I've it. got a prize pack coming up. Let's uh, let's just get to some calls, and I'm going to Reggie Indicator. Hi, Reggie. You're on with Monica. Yeah, happy Saturday. Happy uh, Easter to you, Monica. No long Thanks. time no hear from. Um, Thank you, Reggie. Well, I would you like for you? I would you like to know how do you feel about the mainstream news media's constant and somewhat possibly psychotic obsession about uh, Russia and Donald Trump and Syria instead of talking about other relevant and equally important things? 
That's another thing Binkley thing is, thinks is absolutely kooky. I'll give you your, my opinion, and then I want to hear Binkley's opinion. My opinion is that this ha- this whole entire thing. See, I think that the Syria that unseating Assad has been a plan for 30 years, at least 35 years. I mean, there's documents from 1983, 1984, straight through Condoleezza Rice of taking out Assad for the purposes of energy interests who want to run a gas pipeline through Syria. So there's absolutely no doubt in my mind what's going on there, and they've been working on it for 35 years at least. Right. And I feel like even if six months ago they came up with a storyline that they could get people to be mad at Russia, they could discredit Susan Rice and all that kind of stuff, and then uh, if they got the left to be mad at Russia... If Trump picked a fight with them, the left wouldn't object. You wouldn't have anti-war protesters because they would say, we hate Russia. What do you think about that, Reggie? Well, I think that most, most, like you said, most of these uh, radio and TV talk shows, the mainstream ones still are obsessed about talking about Donald Trump and Russia and Syria and all of that instead of talking about the equally more important things in the world, like like current modern-day present world, current world events. But they still fixated on him, Russians, and what happened to Syria this past week. Well, I think the Syria thing is going to be critical. I mean, I, I worry about that uh, our this increasing drumbeats of war about North Korea, who, who has absolutely no capability of reaching us and won't for years, right. to preemptively strike them now would be, to me, as it, it would be an intentional, you know, foray into huge war possibly between the u.s and china so to me these are the big world events and syria may be part of that you know i I really don't know maybe it's just two different theaters which i can't imagine anybody wants that war in two different theaters but it could be right why why aren't they talking about that i don't know why do you think they're not talking about it well because like i said they hate donald trump you know so so much so that they want to see him fail yeah, but, you know, the problem with that is what you want is to replace it. Just wanting to see him fail doesn't, for me, is in itself the distraction. So what they should be saying is don't bomb places that create huge refugee crises. Like, everyone can agree with that, the left and the right. And they make it either a cult of personality or you hate the person. And that, too, is a distraction. Binkley, you want to give me a quick insight into what you think the Russia thing is? Here I am up against a break again. Well, they're doing a couple of things, but one of them is they're using it to silence dissent by creating either-or thinking. Either you accept the official story or you are going to be associated as a Russian. Oh, yes. that We played that clip a couple of uh, weeks ago. I think it was on my March 18th show. Where John McCain said, if you don't vote for Montenegro, a tiny country that we have no business being in alliance with, because if it gets invaded, we have to go to war and it can't go to war for us if we get invaded. So it's not a legitimate ally. If you don't vote for Montenegro being part of NATO, you're a Russian agent. And Rand Paul gets up and he said, uh, against, you know, nay. <laughs> And McCain, like, I, I didn't see it. I didn't see the thing. But I just had this vision of, of McCain getting up and pointing his finger. Russian agent. He's a psychopath. Know? There's he's a Russian agent right there. Rand Paul, Russian agent. It was so it was so comical. I mean, it just gives rise to this. You, then you just have to believe half the time the stuff is political theater. But McCain got his way. Montenegro, am I wrong? If it even, works, too, because if you bring up a thing, people will call you a Russian. 
Yes. Oh, it's always, it always works. It really silences you to call you names when you want to actually bring out two sides of a story. If they, It's just like, but that means you're on the side of evil. <laughs> okay, whatever. So uh, thank you for that. I've got a couple more calls. Hang on. Chris, Justin, you're up next. 800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Hi, today of 80, tomorrow's high 81. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And I have a weekend prize pack for you. A pair of tickets to see Stephen Stills and Judy Collins on August 9th at Atlanta Symphony Hall, produced by ASO Presents. And a family four-pack of Gwinnett Braves Anytime tickets, good for any home game at Cool Ray Field. First to call 404-741-0750 gets that. And I am going to Justin in Lawrenceville. Justin, you are on with Monica. Hi. Hey, hey Monica. I just want to say something about uh, Syria and North Korea. Um, I agree with you that he should have got uh, went through Congress. But um, uh, what I heard, the report I heard was that, like, the generals presented him with three options, and he chose the one that involved the Tomahawk missiles. Um, so he, he was presented with that. And there, it's no coincidence that the Chinese dictator was at his door, you know, at Trump's door when the missiles, like, you know. But here's the thing. He knew because he tweeted that Obama should go to Congress. So he knew that thing should have gone to Congress. And if he had gone to Congress, they would have had to have some proof. These guys, you could not get hundreds of them to jeopardize reelection without having some talking points. So they would have had to prove who did what. And that's yeah. why you have to go to Congress. Otherwise, we have no one representing us. We we can't. Uh, how do we have any recourse if if our representatives don't have a say in this most important thing? Yeah, absolutely. I just wanted to add that the generals were, yes. you know, that were involved. They they certainly had a hand in it. It's, it's, they, yeah. They've been around for so long. The military, whatever you want to call it, the conspiracy yes. theorists call it industrial complex, military yeah. industrial complex. Well, Eisenhower so, said so, that so, in so, his so, departing yeah. speech. Eisenhower, yeah. President Eisenhower called it that. Yeah, yeah. And then North Korea, I think the wars, it, it never ended. I mean, technically, it was just a ceasefire that ended the Korean War that, quote unquote, ended it. So it's really still going on. And South Korea is our best friend. Honestly, if, if, if that war, I, I, I'm more for that war than Syria, obviously, but yeah. Well, the North Korea thing uh, is a little scary, but you did point out something interesting that uh, it was the generals, and I think that's a theme that's going to emerge when he said the Afghanistan thing. I've empowered my generals to empower your generals to make field decisions that have really serious political implications is not really what they we pay them to do that's that's why you have civilians in charge of the military that's why the very first order of business of trump as a president was to sign a law allowing mad dog mattis to be the secretary of defense that was at that time illegally you had to change the law to have somebody that close to the military in charge of the military it's not the way it's supposed to work i'll give my two cents on korea uh, after the break, 800-WSB-TALK, tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. It got me excited because this would truly be both an adventure and a learning experience. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. And the Libertarian Voice on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. I've got some interesting things coming up. 
Uh, WSB has West Moss tomorrow from 1 to 2.30 on Sunday, hosting a candidates forum featuring nearly all of the 18 candidates for Tom Price's seat. The election is Tuesday, so that'll be a must-listen tomorrow, 1 to 2.30 on WSB. I have a few events coming up. Thursday, this Thursday at 11.30, I am uh, going to the meeting of the Civitan Club of Coming. They are having it at Creative Enterprises. You can go to my website, MonicaPerezShow.com, my Facebook page. Uh, if you want, if you're interested, it's a wonderful volunteer organization. No politics. We're not talking politics. They, they are hosting this event at a, uh, uh, at a facility for special needs adults. And I have a son with Down syndrome. I want to encourage volunteering, not money raising, but actually uh, giving of yourself. And I, as a libertarian, that's a, a, a moral imperative. So I, I appreciate that outside of politics, they are welcoming me to their event. I'm doing a tea party event April 24th, 7 o'clock, also in coming. United Tea Party of Georgia, again, MonicaPerezShow.com. You can find the information there. That is going to be highly political. I don't agree with everything, uh, and they don't agree with me on everything, but it's an absolutely respectful, interesting, in-depth conversation. I did it once before. It was great. And then we're really going to throw down at Liberty on the Rocks next Saturday, April 29th from 3 to 6, or two weeks, two weeks from today. This show live at uh, the Harp Pub in Roswell, that is going to be pretty, uh, that's going to be very exciting and very libertarian and fun to listen to and also fun to attend. So those are the things I have coming up as I kind of uh, spread my wings as my show comes back to the three to six slot after UGA Sports. I wanted to... Have some fun, though. Uh, hey, Binkley. Binkley's my producer sitting here. Uh, we were – didn't you have a little game teed up for me? I really want to hear your game. It, it, it was uh, – um, should I say how this evolved? Or why don't you tell us what's the premise here? Well, a lot of these politicians and you know people on Saturday Night Live and you know public speakers in Trump's administration, they, they kind of sound like each other. Especially yeah. on SNL, they mimic each other. And, and you said something about doing, uh, trying to figure out if it was Sean Spicer or Melissa McCarthy. Well, because I had these crazy like memories of when Dan Aykroyd did Jimmy Carter, yeah, and Will Ferrell did George Bush. Like in my memory, I would say, did Jimmy Carter? He used to actually do. Jimmy Carter actually used to do. Like calls, like he would sit there and take calls from the Oval Office. If I, I think that's actually true. And then Dan Aykroyd made fun of it, but he took a call. Someone was like, hey, man, I'm tripping hard. I don't know how to come down. And he was like, okay, all right. Sounds like, uh, he's like, what, what did it look like? He's like, I don't know, orange capsule. He's like, okay, that's orange sunshine. Do you have any Almond Brothers? And I was like, did Jimmy Carter really do that? <laughs> the same thing with Will Ferrell. And it got really insane when Will Ferrell used to do George Bush. It was so funny because... Will Farrell had this great line. He was asked by like the fake commentator, "What? How, how do you define your presidency as George Bush?" And he said, uh, "One word: strategery." <laughs> right. So I had made these comments on the air, and then you sent me a clip of I think it was like George W. Bush recently on Jimmy Kimmel saying, "I talked to Lauren Michaels, the head of NSL, and I told him strategery actually was my word. Like, you guys ripped me off. And I was like, whoa. It was so surreal. 
And then when I started seeing Melissa McCarthy doing Sean Spicer, I knew it was going to be another one of those epic, like, which one, who did... Who did that? And and I remember when Melissa McCarthy took out like a water gun and started shooting the, <laughs> shooting the reporter. So I was like, did she? Did Sean Spicer actually do that? Or <laughs> of course, I assume he didn't. But some of the stuff is really crazy, and I thought it would be funny. Uh, or I should say, I anticipate that I will, um, if I'm not careful, mix some of those up. So what you got for me? Well, what I got is I got, did Hillary or Trump say it in the spirit of what's been in Trump's, he's flipped on some issues. So I thought we'd Oh, see. and that's true because somebody earlier said, do you think that the Democrats would have been any different? And I think that they have to go uh, at different paces on different issues. But I think they're all working for the same guys. So you should end up in the same place. Okay, but this isn't going to be as funny as Melissa McCarthy. But okay, I'll take it. All right, here's the first one. Okay. The American people are tired of liars and people who pretend to be something they're not. Was that Hillary or was that Trump? Wow. <laughs> That's a tough one. Um, it's Lion Ted. He used to call Ted Lion Ted. Lion Ted. Ted. Lion Ted, but crooked Hillary. I'm going to say it was Hillary talking about Trump. You Well, it was Hillary. I don't know exactly who she was talking about, but you uh, got it okay. right. Okay, okay. It was Hillary. Yeah, okay. That's but, good. That's uh, pretty good. Yeah. Okay, good. Thank we you. We got another one here. Right. Trump or Hillary. This is a time for America to lead, not to cower. And he will lead, and we will defeat terrorists that threaten our friends and allies. Again, I'm going to say Hillary. I mean, her nickname was Killery. You got it. You got okay. it again. <laughs> she was a killer. I was trying to throw you off a little. Now I have that's one why I like Trump uh... because she was going to be. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't support Trump, but I preferred Trump because she was going to have her foot on the accelerator for both welfare and warfare. So I figured, I don't know, you know, at least he would have to make some arguments before he put his foot on the welfare accelerator. Okay, go ahead. All right, I do have one Sean Spicer or Melissa McCarthy. We'll see if you can get it. Hey, John, Jonathan, can you stop interrupting other people's questions? Hey, (laughs) Jonathan, somebody's asking a question. It's, It's not your press briefing. Julie's asking a question. Please calm down. Well, the the best Sean Spicer line ever, I thought, was when he said to the reporter, I don't know how you could make a comment with that with zero intelligence. You know, <laughs> coming from a guy who has zero intelligence, the guy's like, I don't have zero intelligence. <laughs> but that was actually Sean Spicer. So I'm going to say that yours is uh, Sean Spicer. You got it. Three so for funny. three. I need to get some more challenging quotes. Sorry, but, you know, they're exactly the same. I almost wonder with Melissa McCarthy, like, if she she couldn't possibly top it. That's why I'm going to get them confused in my mind. So that was super light and fun. I have a couple of calls, which I think I, I do want to address because I did say I would give you my uh, initial thoughts on North Korea, which is going to um that we were light there for a second there (laughs) (laughs) so let's do it i'll take i'll take more calls 800 wsb talk i'm going to mike in fayetteville hi mike you're on with monica hey how are you love the show thank you hey uh on the north korea thing i mean if we just sit and wait and wait until they can get missiles to america we know they want to shoot them at us why we know we know why do they want to shoot them at us 
the guy's not sane. He's been raised to hate America. But why? Want, but does he want to be uh, incinerated? He doesn't. Did you hear the his general the other day? He said, "If America tries to attack us, we will smash them." We well, will if we, if head. America tries to attack us, they're brainwashed. They're no, but I mean, if they tried to attack you, what would what if they tried to attack us? What would you want to do? Smash them, right? Yeah, but I mean, we need to just. We don't need to get to the point where they're able to even hit us. How about this for an idea? This is what I saw on Fox News. It was a big across the headlines, foxnews.com. It said the CIA guy and actually had a person's name, a person who said they're a few years away. They're only a few years away from having intercontinental ballistic missile capacity. So our guys are best. You know, the most aggressive thing is a few years. So My cousin lives in Alaska. And he says they've already found pieces of North Korean missiles up there. Well, I mean, I know I question fake news, but this thing actually has a guy's name attached to it. And if the official line is it takes a few years, that you have to assume that's the most aggressive. Well, so what are we doing in a few years? So know? I'm just saying, look, if if in a few if maybe if the they say they would only use them defensively, attack. hmm? Maybe maybe the guy will eat too much and have a heart attack. Yeah, see, that's the thing, the imagery coming out. Like, my husband says, you know, look at that. It just looks like the fat kid is an a-hole. Like, that's what it looks like. And and yeah. that's why people believe it. But I'm saying if they if they ha- if they they get this capability, even if they shot one off, first of all, we could blow it out of the sky, and then you could absolutely incinerate the country completely in no, one I'm day. I'm not saying we should incinerate them. No, but I'm saying, I'm saying if I they think... shot a, if they shot a missile at us three years from now, we could blow the missile out of the yeah, sky. Yeah, we could. With a, we could with a patriot. I'm, so, I'm, I'm so, but why, why start World War III We're right now? We're not starting it. We're just. You don't think he's getting a little scared? You don't think it might cower him down like it did his dad? But all point? he's saying is that they want to defend. You know, they want to defend. This is what they did. That every year. This guy has said the same thing. He looks like a nut job. I'm telling you, it looks it looks crazy to me. But the Chinese guys who don't seem as crazy, they and the Koreans have talked about this thing called double suspension. Their their suggestion, their uh, what they've proposed to Obama and Trump, and they both said no. Obama and Trump both said no to this. They said we will suspend our nuclear activity if you stop conducting joint military operations in South Korea because you're scaring us. The devastation that we visited upon them in the Korean War was so extreme that MacArthur in his testimony said that he had seen so much awful stuff in his life, probably more than anyone ever saw. When he went to Korea and saw the devastation that we meted out on Korea, North and South, he threw up. So they, uh, he looks like a nut job. It doesn't look like a good place. But if they're saying things like, we will only strike you if you strike us first, and we will stop building nukes if you stop threatening us, uh, and if they did have one net missile or whatever that could reach us and we could absolutely incinerate the country in a second, I don't think we should start World War III right now. If you want to scare them, you know, maybe there's something to that. Speak softly and carry a big stick or scream wildly and carry a big stick. But actually striking them, in my mind, uh, would be a uh, – uh, is a, a terrible <laughs> – 
risk to the lives of the people in this country. So because it would be triggering war with China and or, or it could easily. So I do not think that actually striking North Korea would be in our national defensive interests. Uh, this is got to get to a break. This is Monica Perez. Feel free to uh, respond. I'll be right back. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Showers and thunderstorms in the forecast for Monday as the work week begins, but that could change. So stay tuned to WSB for weekend weather brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And I am going to give Ed in Atlanta the last word. What do you got, Ed? Hi, Monica. Hi, Ed. I love your show. I just love the um, new value looking at uh, this uh, Syrian gas attack. And for two reasons, I think you're 100% right. Number one, uh, rebels are losing stand, and Assad government has no um, objection to go to uh, gassing them because they're winning the war in there. No objective. Two, yes. And then Russians uh, suggested that international inspector go to the site and inspect the gas and determine where it's coming from. And our government didn't go along with it. So I think you're 100% right on that. Yeah, and I think if there were that evidence, we, we had time to unearth it. Like, the only reason to kind of pop off is if you don't have it. You know? Yeah. So uh, I think the takeaway, thank you, Ed, I think the takeaway is really that our law, if we, if people say, oh, you're too much of a libertarian. <laughs> I, I'm really, honestly... My compromise position as a libertarian is, okay, I don't believe there's any hope for the modern state. I think the coercive monopoly government will steal your money and kill people with it and not in the sake of justice, not to defend my rights, but to uh, promote their own goals. So, But I'm willing to accept the premise that your government can be just if it will abide by its own laws, its own foundation, its own parameters, which is the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. And the Constitution says they have to go to Congress for, for that. It was clarified in the War Powers Resolution, which was vetoed by Nixon. Presidents have tried to get rid of it. It was Congress reiterating that if there is any way for the president to go to Congress before introducing uh, military action in another country, he must do so. If there's any way. And there certainly was a way. So uh, I'm just asking that they follow their own rules. Binkley, before we go, uh, I didn't get those clips. I'm just dying to play those clips on the air. But everything's always so pressing. I know our episode 36, I think it was a propaganda report, has the stuff on I-85. Just in five seconds, can you tell people where to go? Go to propagandareportdaily.com. Click on the Apple or the Google thing. Our last video on YouTube was censored before it finished processing. That's a fact. Wow. Subscribe. Sounds interesting. We'll be back after. UGA has a football game next week. We'll be back after the show, like 5, 5.30 after the game will be the show. Talk to you then. This is Monica Perez.